Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Conflicts the Podcast. I am your host, Laura slash Lulu, joined by Dad Joke himself. Say hey, Rich. Woo-hoo. Hey, Rich. Hey. And welcome back to another episode. Today we are covering Men in Black International. And you know, ever since I have been thinking about this movie for this podcast, you know what's happened? What's that? I've had that song from the original Men in Black, the Will Smith song, stuck oh. in my head. Here come the Men in Black. Over and over. I woke up with that song bouncing around in my head, and it makes me want to hurt somebody. <laughs> oh, come on. You got to love some Will Smith. Oh, pick a lane, Will Smith. I love you, but pick a lane. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right, before we dive into the world of the men in black, I am always looking at entertainment information online, and there's always something that makes me go, what, every week? What's been a thing that's made you go, what, this week? All right, so uh, Men in Black International, Chris Hemsworth, right? You know, uh-huh. that, then Chris Hemsworth is famous for Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I, I find interesting, and I recently learned this uh, in an interview, so... Uh, there was another actor that was um, going up for the Thor role that actually got chosen over Chris Hemsworth. Oh, I did not know he was yeah. not the original choice for Thor. He was not. He was not the original choice. And then um, when they got into doing some of the last minute stuff, they decided that they wanted to call Chris back in and have him uh, retest again uh-huh. um, because they weren't liking, well, they started putting stuff together. And um, just wasn't working with yeah, the other person? Yeah, just wasn't working with the other person. So they ended up bringing Chris in, and it worked better with him. But he was not originally the one that they picked. He ended up being kind of the runner-up. What's funny about this is the person that they originally gave the role to is his brother Liam. Nuh-uh. Yes. They both were up for the part. His brother Liam got the part. And then at some point in pre-production, they decided that it wasn't working out, and they brought Chris oh, in. Oh, that has the, to make Thanksgiving awkward. It totally has to. Um, which apparently, I guess those two have ribbed each other on social media quite a bit about it. Um, like I know Liam has uh, pictures of his dog chewing up uh, like Thor toys and, <laughs> um, and stuff. So it seems like they're playful about it. But I thought that was just hilarious. And that is I did so random. I did not know that either. All right, mine's kind of a deep dive, y'all. And you're just going to have to bear with me. I am loving the show Star Trek Picard being in the world. And I have to say there was an Easter egg for Quark's bar in the last episode and it made me go, what? I was so excited. <laughs> and that's mine. And then I got very excited about it and I realized what a nerd that makes me and I'm not going to apologize for that. Uh, you know, I all I'll say is I've been enjoying Picard as well because maybe we should just cover that one. Oh, bit. we're going to have to later. We can't digress any further, but I just couldn't contain my excitement about seeing the sign for Quark's bar. Yeah, that I I did notice that when the episode came out. I've I've been fortunate and been to watch them pretty much as they drop. So uh, yep, I've been I've been keeping up. And we'll discuss yeah, later. We're, we're like we're we both like holding in so much right now. It, it's funny because I you know because when Lulu and I hang out, 
it's like we have to keep secrets from each other but we know we have to do it for you it's the things we want to talk about but we can't because we're saving them for you damn it oh okay let's just dive into this movie then okay so this was released june 14th 2019 stars thor and valkyrie um also known as chris hemsworth and tessa thompson and is directed by f gary gray which is a really fun name to look at gary gray but uh this guy he directed Set It Off all the way back in 1996. He directed The Italian Job. He directed The Fate of the Furious and several other things. He is not a name I was familiar with, but he's fairly prolific. Yeah, I mean, he's really been around. He's one of those. A lot of genres, too. He, he's like those actors that you would recognize them, but. Like a that guy? Yeah, because you've seen him in everything, but you really don't know who they are. Yeah. All right, a synopsis for this one. Men in Black has become an international intergalactic organization and proven veteran Agent H joins forces with green rookie Agent M as the unlikely duo must battle a new threat that could be anyone. With a new alien enemy that can take on any form, H and M travel the globe to try and stop the aliens' malevolent plans to destroy the world. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. Hey, did you know that this movie was originally pitched as a crossover between Men in Black and 21 Jump Street? I did read that. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, what? <laughs> right? I mean, it, the, the 21 Jump Street reboot was Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, and it was mm-hmm. supposed to be a Men in Black crossover. Yeah, I, th- somebody got high and wrote that. I'm just so, saying. I, I, it got scrapped a while I mean, ago, it, and I'm just, I'm glad it did. It's very likely Jonah Hill. It was the person hanging out with Seth Rogen. Yeah, those those two got high and pitched that idea, um, and I'm glad it stayed there. But. Yeah, uh, the other thing, the Less Twins from this movie, the their names are Laurent and Larry Bourgeois, and I just had to say their names because those names are fabulous. But uh, they used to be backup dancers for Beyonce. They did. They're actually very well known dancers. They're very talented dancers mm-hmm. too. Um, and also, where there is no cameo from the OGs, Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones in this movie, they do still appear briefly on screen in one of the paintings in the MIB London office. They do. We we get some voice cameos, though. Uh, because the, I totally miss those. Uh, Frank the Pug. Oh, I thought you meant from Tommy Lee Jones no, and Will not, Smith. No, not from no, those two. But I did from, notice those. The and the, the little, the little the tan-colored guys. guys. Yeah, 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 the worm guys. So we do get some voice cameos from OG characters, but that's it. Yeah. Which says a lot. So let's just dive right in. And I don't want to hold it in. I gave this movie a D. It is uninspired. It is boring. It is predictable. It is formulaic. There is nothing but less than funny one-liners, lackluster story, and bland performances. Did anyone in this movie care what they were doing? We've seen Thor and Valkyrie on screen together more than once. We know they have chemistry. Where did it go? Where did it go? This is... I call this um, a cake movie. Mainly it's be- a bad cake. Well, that's my point, though. So Chris Hemsworth, Tessa Thompson, Liam Neeson, Emma Thompson. I mean, that right there is like the ingredients for a fantastic movie. Like, uh-huh. what more could you ask for? Do you have any idea how many writers, directors, and producers would dream, dream of having a cast like that? If somebody would say, hey, if you write a script, we're going to get these people to play parts in it, I'd, I'd say, pinch me. You're lying. Uh, You know, that's just fantastic. How can this go wrong? And then yet somehow they find a way. They 
they, you know, they really do. That's why I call it a cake movie because the recipe is there. They put all of the stuff in together. And I don't know if they just put it in different. They didn't blend it right. You didn't bake it at the right temperature. But when it came out, your cake fell. It felt hard. And that's what this is. And I don't even know if I can tell you why. I mean, I can point out to some things that were wrong, but I don't know at what point they steered this badly enough. All I know is that when the only engaging, entertaining part of your movie is a little CGI chess pawn, because mm-hmm. Kumail Nanjiani was hilarious, you got major problems. Yeah, they, we didn't feel anything for these characters. There was nothing didn't to like them. them. And then the story was just kind of, I mean, not that many of the stories have been amazing, but you know, there was a simplicity to them that you could follow along. Whereas here, it was just like somebody was just on fast forward. Well, like I have to be honest, while the original Men in Black was great in 1997 when I was 12, the second one was a stretch. I mean, it was pushing it on the story and we really didn't need the story and it wasn't that good. And now you fast forward 20 years and we really didn't need this reboot. And with a budget of, let me see, $110 million, Think of all of the better, more interesting, more entertaining stories that could have been told with that colossal waste of time and budget. Yeah, the, the, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't. I don't know if the director didn't have the right vision or if the script was really just that bad or they weren't able to you know, bring that any chemistry on the screen whatsoever. But ultimately, yeah. I lay the blame squarely at the script. But before I go on with my opinions on the script, what grade did you give this turd? I'm going to give it a D plus. Oh, you're going for a plus. That's yeah. generous. That's so generous of you. The the problem is, is I have a hard time giving that cast anything less. I, you know, I, yeah. I, I respect them so much it. that maybe I skewed it up just a little bit just because, but I, and I, but I don't know if I can really even say that any of them stood out with their acting. Uh, it wasn't bad. Their acting. It just was kind of, you know, it there. was bland. Yeah, it really was. It was so bland. They forgot to put sugar in that cake too. They they did. Well, they forgot maybe, the sugar water. <laughs> maybe that. Yeah, they forgot the sugar water. That's the missing ingredient. I right there. for sure water. <laughs> I that whole summer that movie came out, I went around asking for sure water. I thought it was so funny. He did such a great job, though. He, he really did. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it was missing was some Vincent D'Onofrio. Uh, you know how often isn't that the case though? It's true. I mean, it's what my life is missing. Go back and um, you know watch the uh, the the Marvel shows where he played Kingpin. Yeah. Oh my gosh, just fantastic. He's amazing. Private Pile. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> that, there's another. There's a fun movie to go back and rewatch with your children, right? Really? Yeah. When my son was 16, we sat down and watched that movie uh, together. That's an interesting one. Huh. Yep. Huh. And what, he does a really great version of that speech at the beginning where he's memorized it, but he says it all in the voice of Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's entertaining, that one. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay, that's a good note. So let's just dive into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, for myself, I have to give the good to Emma Thompson. She's really the only good here. She is fantastic in anything. You know, she really is. And, you know, we lost Rip Torn, so he couldn't come back. So he, I no, did not realize he had passed. Yeah. I knew he was in bad health. Yeah, he, he did, unfortunately. Well, R.I.P. Rip. So, yes. Uh, you know, so who do you get to, to, to follow up after that? And honestly, she's a perfect pick for it. And for her role in it, I don't think she did anything wrong or bad. She's not no. in it a lot. She's uh, very commanding in her presence, though. So I think she did just fine. So um, I, I just don't want to steal your your good. 
Um, and, you know, I wanted to go to Pawnee because he is the only comic relief, but I thought it was just such a, a lame concept. The, uh, the, 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 the walking, talking chess pawn? Yeah, no, it really was that, like, they, they clearly put it in there just for comic relief and didn't explain what, I mean, they didn't explain what those those things did. Like, these guys, the bad guys, the supposed bad guys, went to them for something, and we don't know why. Yeah. Like, why did they go there? Like, well, we, you know, we want to have this guy killed. They're like, we can't have anything to do with it. Okay, then we're going to kill you. Well, did they have something that you needed? If you could go kill them, then why didn't you? You know, it just, it seemed like they only put that in there so that you, she could have. A chess pawn. Uh, yeah, exactly. So that, that she could have that. Um, so for my good, I am actually going to say uh, the fact that they uh, started to explore the idea of what happens when one of these people have a relationship. You know, because they're supposed to be. Oh, like a interpersonal yeah, relationship. Yeah, they're, gotcha. they're like uh, Catholic priests, you know. They're, they're not supposed they're to nuns. get. Yeah, they're not supposed to get married. We all know what happens, but they're not supposed to. So I kind of like the idea that they threw in there that, hey. You mean it wasn't weird tentacled alien sex? Um, well, I mean, it wasn't not <laughs> the, the one chick kind of had tentacles, um, but you know, Hey, well, I'm sure there's porn out there of it already. Um, feel free to Google that people. And uh, one can only hope. Yeah. Because we just want that in your browser history. It'll be there forever. <laughs> All right. What about a bad, the bad I'm going to give to Liam Neeson. Seriously? That's mine too. <laughs> oh, is it man? We, <laughs> We, great is, minds man great minds think alike we, because like he like it's liam neeson they wasted his talent it is an they epic did. waste of his talent absolutely and that's why i'm just giving it the bad because he's still liam freaking neeson but it just seemed like an overkill the character was a caricature yeah. and it didn't work yeah i didn't know they never really explained what they were going for there and they didn't there was no payoff for what he was okay for me the ugly is the tragically bad story that quite frankly could have been written by my dog. Yeah, I was just going to say for ugly everything else. Because <laughs> um, there really wasn't much, they, you know, they had some great ideas and then just didn't do anything with them. You know, I, yeah, I think they didn't go anywhere. Because I like the idea that, you know, the, this father figure, this uh, person in charge turns out to be the bad guy all along. You know, I, I think that could have been. But an, then it wasn't clear because there was a minute where was he the bad guy all along or had he been taken over? Because as he's going down that tunnel and the chess pawn and the whatever, right. they like have a moment where he's trying to reconnect with him. And I was sitting there like, I don't understand if he got taken over well, I think or the what happened. Because yes. they explained earlier that they kind of like take over their DNA. So they, what do they say? They subsume them or they, I think they're like Borg where they like assimilate them. So it's, it's him. But, See, I was so confused by that. Yeah. They didn't explain it well. And At that, all. That's kind of my point is I really think they could have went somewhere else with that and really explained it better, really made it more of a twist, made it more interesting. God forbid we care about the characters enough for it to matter. Right. Uh, so that's why I say everything else with the ugly. Well, And I harp on it all the time. There are rules to storytelling. There are formulas that you have to follow to make a story something that people want to follow. And whoever wrote this just was like, mm, I know that you need these to tell a good story, but I'm going to throw them out the window and do my own thing. It didn't work. It's almost like maybe there was a story there and somebody cut out all the good parts. And I, I, don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for the female factor here, and there is a very slight upside to this movie, and that is the treatment and inclusion of the ladies, despite the fact of the character of M being just awful. Uh, kudos for the intentional decision to make the lead not just a woman but a black woman. That is awesome, 
And we also have a lady in charge in Agent O, which, when you consider the near total lack of females in the organization previously, is another step in the right direction. We got a lady villain, too. And even though we've seen that in Men in Black before, to be fully inclusive, you need people on both sides of the law. And while they didn't really address it, the problematic nomenclature of men in black is at least mentioned because if the world is unlucky enough to get another one of these movies, I really hope it can be called People in Black. That, that doesn't really work well in the song, though. Here come the, the people, people in, in black. black. <laughs> Too many syllables. Yeah, it's, it's, I get a, you gotta hack a syllable out of there. Humans? No, still too many syllables. The ones in black. There you go. It's not gendered. O-I-B. Problem <laughs> solved. Pay me. <laughs> yeah, I. something tells me we're not getting another one after the money they spent on this one. It was supposed return. to be a reboot, and I think there were supposed to be more coming, but I hope to God those plans have been canceled by the studio. Yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that's probably... I mean, somebody will revisit this franchise eventually just because... You know, well, let's hope it's another 20 years. Somebody owns it, but... Uh, Maybe they'll uh, maybe they'll do better. All right, this is obviously not something that we recommend, but let's go ahead and visit the rec room where we make room for our recommendations. And for me, I recently discovered, it's not new, but I just discovered that a bunch of Mythbusters is on Hulu, and I have totally rediscovered how much I love the show Mythbusters. It's so great. I watched a duct tape special the other day, and I was like, this show is fabulous. It, you know, it really was. That was such a great show. It was so great, and it was so smart. Yeah, I, I miss those guys. And uh, Adam Savage does test it online, and it's really cool, and I follow it, and I watch his videos, but it's not the same because they don't go as in-depth. Yeah, you know, apparently those guys didn't actually get along all that well. They didn't not get along. It's like with all of your other colleagues and your coworkers. Like, sometimes a person is just your coworker. Yeah. And I'm, when you stop working there, you're not going to continue being friends, and I think that was the case with them, is they were just coworkers. Yeah, they really, I, I think it was one of those where they just... Like they had on screen chem or on screen chemistry to a uh -huh. degree, but didn't beyond that. I think they were just very different personalities, and they're able to work that into the show well enough and present it. But between the two of them, they're just like, yeah, we don't hang out. Yeah, I don't think they were ever, uh, you know, inviting each other over for barbecues or going out for beers. Yeah, it wasn't like they hated each other or anything. But um, the build team on that show has tried a couple different things to kind of recapture the magic. It just hasn't quite worked. Yeah, they they really didn't. So you know, it probably needed to end. But um, it, it was, was on show. for like because not all of the seasons are on Hulu. It starts at like season twelve and goes through like season like. 18 or something yeah. so it was on for a while they were, they were struggling to come up with more and more myths yeah you can tell that the myths are are, are a stretch there towards the end <laughs> more and more things to blow up but science is sexy damn it all right what about you well what are you going to recommend to me sir all right so i'm going to thank my wife for this one See, thanks joy we have very different tastes in in movies and and things and it's usually pretty much a good thing sometimes we'll run into things that we're just not really into uh, that the other one is but she tends to be more grounded and she loves crime novels she loves um you know anything serial killer related uh -huh. she's super whether it's real or fictional uh like you know the amount that she knows about real serial killers is a little frightening uh she and i need to have conversations because same girl same. she just loves it she loves the psychology of it um you know, it's the, the fascination with the most horrible thing you can imagine. Uh, maybe that's what it is. She she has some very interesting, uh, studious takes on things. But she loves the the fictional versions of these as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a series that she started watching, and uh, I started watching mainly because she was watching and it was on that I was pleasantly surprised with, and that's the uh, show The Sinner. 
I have heard really good things about that, but I don't even know where it is to like find it to watch it. I believe it was produced by Net or uh, sorry, I believe it was produced by USA Network, but we've been watching it on Netflix. And yeah, we're in season three at the moment, but Bill Pullman is the star. Really? Yeah, I mean he's Mr. Fantastic. President from Independence Day. Absolutely, and he's you know of course he you know he's got a few I years. I've seen on him in now. a while. Uh, yeah, I, I hadn't either to the point where I she was watching the like the second or third episode of season one, and I come walking into the room and I hear the voice and I'm like, "Is that Bill Pullman?" And she says, "Yeah." I'm like, "What what are you watching?" Uh, to the point where I had to go back and then uh, later watch those couple episodes and catch up. Isn't Jessica Biel the female lead in she, it? In season one, she is. She yes. okay. I, I won't give away any spoilers. Okay, but she, I appreciate that. Thank you. She is only in season one. Uh, so we're season three is being released now. Um, I think we're about halfway through, uh, which Matt Boomer is uh, one of the stars of season three. Oh yeah, yeah, dark haired guy. Yeah, he's great. Honestly, he's done some wonderful, wonderful uh, uh, work. He's uh, honestly, I think he's one of the one of the most underrated actors uh, out there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you ask me, so it's it is fantastic. I'm gonna have to check it out. I didn't know it was on Netflix. I'm excited. There I also is. also am a huge. Uh, I love psychological thrillers i love true crime big fan well since i'm talking about matt boomer i'm actually gonna i'll, I'll throw in a twofer on this and give you okay. a matt boomer. and i hesitate but this was a fantastic show in my opinion they got canceled and they only got one season oh that's left. the most tragic and i think it's because it was a market we found this here not that long ago uh but it was actually uh over 2017 is when it was released uh it was an amazon series starring matt boomer and kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Yes, Frazier. It, it was called The Last Tycoon, and it takes place like in the twenties Hollywood area. Never era. even heard of it. Oh, it was fantastic. Some of Kelsey Grammer's best work in my Kelsey opinion. Kelsey Grammer is insanely talented. He he plays the this kind of old school. Um, they they they're like a smaller movie studio, and he is the like the owner and and although some other he has other investors. And that was still the studio era. If it was yeah, back no, in it the was. Day. It's it, they, so they have the smaller studio. And uh, like Matt Boomer was the young guy who uh, he was kind of like a almost like a foster son. He brought in and was the super talented one. And but Kelsey Grammer is like the the old school uh, money guy, you know, mm-hmm. and like you know the the wife stays at home and not you know they're wealthy enough that she doesn't cook, but she puts on like parties for him. And they well in that era, so much to play with. Oh yeah, Lily Collins is in it. Really? Yeah, she plays the daughter. I mean, just a, a wonderful, wonderful cast, and and uh, Rosemary Dewitt. Mm-hmm. I mean, just this fantastic. And honestly, I thought the, the the series was amazing. And we found it after it was already canceled, but I went ahead and watched it, and it's just super great. Matt Boomer is excellent in that as well. But I'm so sad that that one did not get more seasons because it's just you should watch that one too. Just have a Matt Boomer fest, <laughs> and um, watch that until maybe they finish this uh, season of The Center, so you can see how that turns out and binge watch it. Yeah, we found Matt Boomer on White yeah, Collar. Yeah. He did that TV show, and he was great on that, and kind of kind of respected him ever since. I never watched that show, but it always looked good. Yeah, he was actually... Um, the man can wear a suit. Yeah, no, he does. Well, he was up for uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. He was one of the other possible people for that movie. Ugh, I don't character. think there's anything that would have saved that movie. And just didn't translate well. It, it didn't have good source material to translate from. Well, you know, there's something to be said for that. A rehashed Twilight fan fiction does not a good book series or film series make. To be clear, while this is the room of recommendations, we do not in any way recommend 
anything related to Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight for that matter, just to be clear. Yeah, you don't want to get me started on the actual novels <laughs> versions of those. Um, because if you'd like some novel recommendations, there if are If you need thousands some kindling, then you take the Fifty Shades of Grey books and you tear them up and then you start a fire. Yeah, it's that it's rough. Read books, people. Read books. It's fine. Books are good for you. Oh, I'll also I'll just throw it in there. I'm rereading uh The Secret Life of Bees. The Secret Life of Bees. Okay. I love that book. I I've I, it's a favorite and I've read it several times, but I haven't read it in probably five years and I picked it up the other day and it's fantastic. So if you're looking for a good book to read, it's written by Sue Monk Kidd, and she is primarily known for writing biographies. But she has written several works of fiction, and this is one of them. And I highly recommend that book, The Secret Life of Bees. I think it came out in like 07, maybe 02, around, it was early 2000s. I'll, I'll have to give you some stuff in the queue, but right now my reading shelf is pretty full. I just started a new series. Uh, I say new, it's new to me, obviously. It's Which is much more of an avid reader than me, y'all. Well, my wife actually bought this for me because I always wanted to read this series and for some reason just never got around to it. So she got it to me for me as a present. Uh, she got me a bunch of original copies of the full Aubrey Moreton series. It not is, familiar with uh, It's by Patrick O'Brien. What well, do you remember the movie Master and Commander with Russell Crowe? It's the I remember movie. struggling to stay awake through that movie. Really? I think that's a fantastic movie. But it was based off of, uh, they kind of stole it from several sections of different books there. But it is a... Uh, it's historical fiction, mm-hmm. so where like most of these events took place, but happened to like other people and other things, and uh, but it's considered very good because it, it portrays that era very, very, very well. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things did happen. This is what it's like. Uh, Patrick O'Brien does a wonderful job of that, but it's like twenty-two novels. That's right up your alley, though. You know, it's fantastic, uh, and I did love that movie. So maybe we should discuss that sometime. Uh, apparently, where, we need to put that one in the queue. To the point where so I have actually been on that ship. I have pictures the ship's of gorgeous. I have pictures of me in hammocks on that ship between the cannons. Uh, it is it's in San Diego if you want to go see it. Interesting. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. It was actually built as the HMS Rose or a replica of the HMS mm-hmm. Rose. They used it to film that movie and then ended up buying it. And it is also the ship in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Is that the second or third one? It was the fast ship. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember when uh, he, yeah, yeah. Go, he goes in and steals the ship? There's the the big ship of the line, and then they have the frigate. The fast one, yeah. Yeah, so that that's, that's the same one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it has a storied film mm-hmm. career. Yeah, and then they sold it to um, the Maritime Museum there in San Diego with the caveat that they get to use it for any further movies that they want to make. <laughs> so it, it, it's actually saleable. Uh, they do sail it on occasion, and it's, it's docked up right there next to an old Russian submarine, which is also cool. And uh, it's fantastic. If you ever get to San Diego for like 15 bucks, you can see some cool stuff. That's pretty cool. And sounds like the perfect time for us but to go ahead and sail away. Come sail away. Come I was hoping you would away. do it. Come sail away with me. All right. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Catch out. you next time. <laughs>